Welcome to the Reform Journal Podcast, the Poetry Edition, where we engage with the world of contemporary poetry from a generously reformed perspective. Find us at reformjournal.com. This is the Poetry Edition of the Reform Journal Podcast. We come to you regularly to listen to a poet read a poem and talk about that poem. I'm Rose Postma. And today, our guest is Katie Collish. Katie teaches at Grand Rapids Community College, and her first book of poetry is entitled Quiet Woman. Today, we're talking with Katie about a poem that appeared in a collection of poems called Busy Grief's Raw Towns, a poetic response to the brutality of the war in Ukraine. And before we get to that poem, welcome, Katie. Hi, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'd love for you to start us off by talking about this collection and how it came to be, and then we'll get to the poem after that. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful um, collection, a great anthology, and it's really the the idea came from the editor G. F. Korak, who is a writer himself. He's actually in my writing group, (laughs) so i I got to see some of his writing about the war over the past several months. And he he had this idea to try to do something with poetry. So he sent out a call for any poems from just the group of poets that he knows and that sort of expanded as people heard about it. There are, I think, 29 poets now in the anthology. And he edited the collection. So there were several poems that didn't make the cut. I know that because one of mine did not. Um, but he put together a really, a really wonderful collection, and a lot of the poets are from the West Michigan area, but there are also people from across the U.S. and across the world. And the nice thing, I think, is all of the proceeds go to support Ukraine. So all of the proceeds from the sale of the book go to the International Rescue Committee, and those funds then are are funneled to the Ukraine relief efforts. So it's just a it's a really nice way for poetry to make a difference in addition to being witness to what's going on in the world. Great. And we'll give some more information after you read about where people can get that and where yeah, where they can get it, purchase it and help support that. I'm wondering if you'd be able to read your poem right now, Everyone Pretending, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Yes. Thank you. Got to open my copy of my book, too. (laughs) Okay. Everyone pretending. Every story has already been told. An originality is dead. A student from long ago emails me. One line, no greeting or signature. It's the same email he sent while he was in my class. And I receive it on a day that seems the same as then. Gray, cold, someone is sick. Perhaps he was trying to reconnect, to pick up on our old conversation. Perhaps he was waiting for the worst time to remind me, for February to settle into my knees and elbows, for even my daily bath to seem insipid. There's another Olympics going on under another duress, another picture of Putin sitting alone and cheering for Russia, marching without their flag. As usual, no one looks at him except the camera, everyone pretending it's not that bad, all of us just shaking our fingers at him like he's nothing but a five-year-old who just toppled a dime store vase with a baseball. 
like maybe it was an accident. Thank you. I'll tell you, I am a sucker. Maybe it's because I'm a teacher for work that includes lines from students or thoughts from students, particularly when they are the kinds of lines and words that kind of stop me in my tracks. And so that was my initial entry into this poem. But tell us more about the poem and your thoughts with it. Yeah, thank you. This The poem kind of came, it's not my favorite poem, <laughs> as I mentioned to you before we started recording. But it's a, to me, it's a poem that came about kind of like pieced together. It's a February poem. And February is the hardest month for me always. <laughs> and last February, you know, like the poem says, there were the Olympics going on. And it was right before actually Russia invaded Ukraine. And I, like the poem says, it was this, just this random email from a former student. And it was a conversation that we had actually had before a creative writing student of mine at the community college. And someone, he was, he was struggling with originality and how to avoid cliche and kind of in a block. And so it was a conversation we had and he just was not buying anything I said. (laughs) You know, it was like, I, you know, I was throwing everything at him. And when I got this email, then it was probably at least six months after the class had ended, maybe even a year after we had had that conversation. I can't remember exactly when he was in my class, but I almost at first thought it was like like a email malfunction, you know, like something that just spit up like, oh yeah, you already got this email. And here it is just like populating again in front of me, but it was the current date. And I, it was just shocking. It was shocking the time and the timing of it. And so those things kind of came together. And I, I put this poem on paper just because I wanted to capture some of those, those contrasts, I guess, or those connections. I hadn't, you know, and I didn't love the poem. And when I, when I went back to look at it, it didn't fit with any of the current projects or collections I was working on. So it just sort of sat around. And then GF put out this call and I thought, I don't know if this is really a Ukraine poem, but it does capture this idea of the nonchalance, I think, of, I remember before the invasion, as I'm sure most people do, the escalation and kind of like, it's it seems like this is going to happen, that this is going to happen. I don't, maybe not, maybe it's not going to happen. No, he's saying it's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden it, it, so it just felt very like a lot of empty threats. <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of how it came about. Yeah. I think that juxtaposition and where you lead the reader from that opening line from the student to where you end up with the feelings about watching that just slowly unfold was really a good journey for me. And it may not be your favorite poem, but within the collection, it really makes sense to me. I've read the whole anthology. And so I thought it really captured a a good aspect that maybe other poems in that collection didn't because they're doing other things. And so it fit really well there. So I'm glad it found a home and I'm glad that that it was included and that, that we can talk about it. So did you respond to the student? (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I did. I wouldn't have not responded, right? As a teacher, you know that. But I don't think I, you know, I had spent so much time in the semester talking about this. And so I think I, yes, I responded as, and I, I just sent an encouraging note, as I recall. It, I tried to sort of like zoom out and 
Yeah, if I recall, and or I hope I responded. I guess maybe I should say that I didn't go back and look. I meant to before the before we recorded, but it came at a tricky time. So yeah, I, I should check. <laughs> I don't know if I have power to grant absolution on this, but I feel like either way you're okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I should either check or go to confession. I'm a Catholic, so <laughs> one of those. Yeah. Well, thank you. And if people want to read this poem in print and the entire anthology, where can they get that? Yes, thank you. So it's available at Schuler Books and you can order it there. There was a launch midsummer and we're hoping to we're hoping to also have some more readings where people can purchase the book in person. But if you go to Schuler Books, they you can order it there and they'll mail it to you or you can pick it up from the Grand Rapids location in Michigan. Great. And how do you spell Schuler Books? Yes, it is S C H U L E R. Schuler Books. Their website is schulerbooks.com. So, yeah. Perfect. I need to have things spelled for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, and that there's lots of spellings of that particular name, I know. So, great. Well, I'm wondering if you could read your poem for us one more time here. Yes, absolutely. Everyone pretending. Every story has already been told, and originality is dead. A student from long ago emails me. One line, no greeting or signature. It's the same email he sent while he was in my class, and I receive it on a day that seems the same as then. Gray, cold, someone is sick. Perhaps he was trying to reconnect, to pick up on our old conversation. Perhaps he was waiting for the worst time to remind me for February to settle into my knees and elbows, for even my daily bath to seem insipid. There's another Olympics going on under another duress, another picture of Putin sitting alone and cheering for Russia, marching without their flag. As usual, no one looks at him except the camera, everyone pretending it's not that bad all of us just shaking our fingers at him like he's nothing but a five-year-old who just toppled a dime store vase with a baseball, like maybe it was an accident. Thank you, and thank you for being here today. Thank you. It was a pleasure to talk with you, Rose. Uh, you can read Everyone Pretending at reformjournal.com, and you can purchase Busy Grease Raw Town at Schuler Books, and we'll have a link on the Reform Journal website for you to go straight to go purchase it. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for listening to the Reform Journal podcast, the poetry edition. Be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and until the next time, explore all the great poetry on the Reform Journal website.